0: Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to Ghost of a Podcast. This week's question comes from Jupiter, and she says, After your sixth house hot take, I looked more into my sixth house because I've struggled with chronic pain and making money for the past decade. I see that I have Jupiter in Virgo, and everyone is saying that means I love working out and can easily make money. Not so. What do I need to know about my sixth house to help my health and career? Career has been my focus of the past year, and health really needs to be too. Thanks for the super informative and fun podcast. Jupiter. And Jupiter was born on September 27th, 1992 at 7.45pm in Fairfax, Virginia. So this is such a great question for so many reasons, including but not limited to. This is a great example of how you have to look at the whole chart. So I personally have never heard the theory that Jupiter in Virgo means you make money easily. There is no zodiac sign Paired with any individual planet, that means a person makes money easily. It's not that simple. Humans are not that simple. Life is not that simple. There's no way that everyone who is born with Jupiter and Virgo makes money easy. So that's just straight out the gate stuff right there. When we want to talk about making money, we don't look to the sixth house in general. So the sixth house, as I said in the recent hot take, It's kind of like that subway station of the the birth chart. It's where everything goes through. It's what you do on the day to day. It's what you do with work. And it's also your body. And the intersection between these things is your habits, aka the rituals you perform most frequently. So when we talk about those things, we're not talking about money. Now you might say, well, my work is money, and that's a result of the system you live in, as opposed to written in the stars. Now, the other part is exercise and physical play and fornication. Mars, honey, not Jupiter. Jupiter in Virgo in no way means that you like working out, but let me tell you what it all means. First of all, in your birth chart, and of course, I use Campanus Houses. If you are wondering what the hell a Campanus house is, re-listen to or listen for the first time to episode 111, where you can learn about different house systems and a little bit about why I use the house system I use. So I use Campanus Houses, which has given you the sign of Virgo, intercept the sixth house. So let me be clear. First of all, interceptions are when you have a full 30 degrees of a zodiac sign in a given house, but that zodiac sign is not on either of the house cusps. So each house in astrology has two cusps, the entry point and the exit point. And if you have a zodiac sign in a house, but that zodiac sign is not on either house cusp, you have an interception. In your case, my dear, you have two interceptions in your birth chart. You've got uh, Virgo intercept your sixth house, which BT dub automatically means you have Pisces intercept your 12th. And then you have Scorpio intercept your seventh house, which means, by the way, that you have Taurus intercept your first. So when we're talking about your sixth house interception, first of all, whenever we have intercept signs, and especially when we have planets in those intercept signs, we have issues that are a little bit harder for us to access. So in your case, this has everything to do with achieving the kind of habits and rituals that make you feel good, that expand your options and and expand your life. And it would be in regards to how you engage with your body so that encompasses exercise, but it's not limited to exercise and work that Jupiter in the sixth house can mean a lot of different things. For some people, it may mean that you have some measure of luck with work, that, you know, jobs kind of come for you. Now, I want to remind you about the distinction between work and career very big difference, you know? If it's your career to be a poet, your work may not be poetry. You know, your like day-to-day work may be working at, you know, a supermarket or something. Like one does not always equal the other, right? So we're really focused on the topic of work here, which is often related to how you earn your money. But Having Jupiter in the sixth house can give you a sense of restlessness. Like no job is quite the right match. And you might feel really annoyed by having to deal with people who tell you what to do when you don't think they should be telling you what to do. You may hate limitations and hate repetition because that Jupiter in the sixth house is all about expansion. And a lot of jobs that are available to a lot of people are not super expansive. They're repetitive. Now, you might think, Jupiter and Virgo, you know, Virgo in the sixth house, that would govern repetition, but it doesn't. (laughs) Jupiter doesn't love the repetition in the way that your chart is written, but it doesn't inherently mean that. So for you and in your birth chart, there is a way that Jupiter's placement inclines you to just feel uncomfortable with choices that may in any way limit you, limit your freedom of motion that can be super annoying for jobs. So you may have a lot of kind of like push and pull with jobs. Now, I want to be clear in your question, you asked about career. The sixth house has nothing to do with career, honestly. I mean, I shouldn't say nothing to do with career, because the work we do, the rituals we perform, and our habits they are foundational. They're like the, the stepping stones or the ladder that we climb to the execution of our career. But your midheaven or anyone's midheaven is our career point. And in your birth chart, you have that in Capricorn. And it is sandwiched between Uranus and Neptune in Capricorn as well. So within that, we have another iteration of restlessness and the desire to be your own boss or self-directed or to not be penned in. The key with your career issues, IMO, and this is not exclusive to to Jupiter, it's like the big picture of looking at these multiple data points, is that you do need flexibility. You need to feel that you believe in what you're doing. And you need variety. Otherwise, you'll get super bored. And when you get bored, now we get into health stuff. Because yes, you have Jupiter in the sixth house. What that on its own indicates is that you have a resilient physical body. Yes, it does. But we can't look at one data point and just extrapolate you know, something as complicated as human health, right? So when we look at the resiliency that Jupiter suggests, that's awesome. That doesn't go away. However, A lot of times when people are super resilient, what they do is they push themselves to the limit and they don't do what they need to do to promote long-term wellness. And so you're like amazing 11 hours out of the day. And then in that 12th hour, you crash, right? It can be easy for you to not prioritize the discomfort that comes with changing your habits or doing something boring or that you don't want to do. Now, in addition to that, you have the sun and Mercury also in the sixth house, in Campanus houses, and they are both in the sign of Libra. Now, there are plenty of health indications around that, you know, but but we're not going to get too deep into that sort of thing. What I can say, however, is you have Uranus, the midheaven, and Neptune all forming a real tight square to your Mercury. And so what that's likely to do is mess with your concentration and your focus. And that mess is something that can find you daydreaming, losing track of time, or not managing your time super efficiently. It might find you focusing on interpersonal concerns instead of uh, doing the things you need to do to maintain your health. Like, I don't know, simple things like drinking water, like stretching after being on the computer for too long, that kind of of like simple self-care stuff. When we look at Jupiter on its own, we don't see these other things happening in your chart, but these other things are really essential to who you are. So, you mentioned in your question that you struggle with chronic pain. And for that, I am very sorry. There are several indicators that can speak to chronic pain or ongoing chronic health issues in your birth chart. They're not specific to Jupiter. That said, the Jupiter intercept in your sixth house forms a sextile to Pluto in the 7th. And it forms a a sextile to another intercepted planet. You have Pluto intercept in Scorpio in the 7th. And if you want to know more about interceptions, listen to episode 125 of the podcast, because that is my hot take on interceptions. So I break it down in more depth than I'm going to do, you know, here in response to your question. But when we look at these two planets forming a sextile to each other, it tells me a couple of things. The first one is you do have a resilient system and you don't always feel like you have access to your own resiliency. Part of that is because a lot of your energy goes into other people and into figuring out other people or engaging with other people instead of slowing down and doing the internal work that is required to figure out what does and doesn't work for you. The beautiful thing about this this aspect and the placement of Jupiter on its own is that it can incline you to become really passionate about doing the research into your own health and wellness, into your own needs. And when you do that research, it's important that you that you are really thorough and because of the Jupiter sextile to Pluto, the indication there is you can be intensely thorough when your Mercury, Uranus, Neptune Square doesn't get in the way and have you kind of like easily distracted. So it's about finding passion for health and wellness, which that Jupiter and the six can confer, but you have to fight through restlessness and, you know, feeling easily distracted. T-B-H. Now, one more thing I want to say to you. You are born in 1992. Your sudden return is forthcoming. And Pluto just a week ago started to form a beautiful trine to your natal Jupiter in the 6th house. So, over the next couple of years, you are in a phase of development that it sounds like you're really on track to deal with, which is a phase of development of looking at how you're living your life, like in practical terms, what are you doing? What are you doing repetitively? What are you what do your actions suggest are your primary concerns? Because if you're on social media for two hours a day, that's clearly one of your priorities. This is a time for taking responsibility for your actions. Because of your sudden return, it indicates that you really are needing to take stock of what you've done for yourself and what you haven't, what you've done for the world and what you haven't. And this is a powerful time for laying foundations internally and in your behavior Uh, that better reflect the adult you want to be. Now, the Pluto sextile to Jupiter, this can be a time of great healing. So I don't know if you have a diagnosis for your chronic pain or if you have a treatment plan, if there are certain actions you know you need to be taking that you're not consistently taking. These upcoming two years are a powerful time for putting into motion repetitive, ritualistic actions that support your wellness. And you know, to be clear, anyone who's dealt with chronic pain knows that's not a magic bullet. It doesn't even always do a whole hell of a lot to do everything you're quote supposed to do. But it is an investment in your wellness. And because we here at Ghost of a Podcast Industries are not just talking about the material of things, we're talking about the energetic of things. Choosing life-affirming and healthy actions on its own creates its own energy. That's a beautiful thing. Now, I'll also add because we're dealing with Jupiter and in particular Jupiter and Pluto, there can be kind of like accelerated development that occurs and there cannot be, but there can be accelerated development that occurs in this period. So it is a fucking fantastic one for you to be choosing your habits with great care and consideration and to be thinking big picture So what you might need to do for the next, let's say, three months might be more extreme than you can sustain for six months, but it might be a foundational move towards where you want to be in a year. You know, think in those terms if you can. And a little pro tip for you, because you have Jupiter in the sixth house and because of that Neptune-Mercury square in your birth chart, you're a bit of a visual processor. So you may do well to storyboard out your career goals or storyboard out your approach to physical wellness or, or taking care of your body or supporting yourself through chronic pain. Storyboarding is just, you know, it's just a Google search away what it is, but it's just basically like drawing it out, like literally drawing it out. It's easier to process for some people through list writing, for some people through talking, and for others visually visually. It's important that you give yourself the space you need to adapt kind of conventional ways of organizing life as an adult to fit your needs. That, my friend, is part of having Jupiter intercept the sixth house. Now, I hope this was helpful for you and that over the next couple of years, you prioritize expanding what you do ritualistically to better match the person you really know you are on the inside, and the life you want to build. The Black Fairy Godmother Foundation, founded by Simone Gordon, is a nonprofit organization created to help black and brown marginalized families. This foundation uses the power of networking and social media to connect families in need with people who can help. Visit the to get more information. Through their initiatives, you can adopt a family by sharing a fundraiser or wish list throughout your community and signal boosting on social media. You can also join the Birthday Fundraiser, where you use your birthday celebration to make a difference by choosing a fundraiser to promote among your friends and family. Contact the Black Fairy Godmother to receive a fundraiser assignment, learn more information, and support their work. Let's get astrological, my loves. Okay, this week we are looking at March 14th through the 20th of 2021. And there are a lot of sextiles going on, which is kind of great news. We're going to talk all about it. I want to, before I get into any kind of horoscope stuff, hold space for, you know, with all the Pisces energy running around, how you may be feeling COVID fatigue or you may be feeling what a friend of mine called outrage fatigue. You may be just feeling damn fatigued. And you know what? There's no better season for feeling fatigued than uh, Pisces season, which just so happens to be right around, depending on where you are, the spring. We all really fucking need to give ourselves space to be in our feelings, to stay with our feelings to allow ourselves to kind of be in nothing space so that we can catch up with ourselves. Sometimes getting present really does require allowing for things that have already happened to kind of settle through the layers. And it's a difficult process, but it looks like inactivity from the outside. And I think a lot of times the kind of work we need to do on ourselves that look like inactivity from the outside, we can often de-emphasize or minimize. So let me just, let me just give you a big energy hug and uh, say that this is a time to be tender with yourself. So try it on for size, why don't you? Okay, now astrology. On the 15th, Mercury moves into Pisces, joining Neptune, Venus, and the Sun. It's a lot of of Pisces vibes. When Mercury is in Pisces, it is a wonderful time for cultivating greater empathy, for seeing the interconnectedness of things, essentially the oneness in things. Mercury in Pisces is a great time for cultivating forgiveness, forgiveness in yourself, forgiveness in others, forgiveness in the world. You know, as I like to say, forgiveness is not about letting anyone else off the hook. It is only about taking the hook out of your own heart. I really stand by that. One of the beautiful things about the zodiac sign of Pisces, so I'm not saying sun in Pisces people necessarily per se, but the energy of Pisces itself is that it teaches us to release what doesn't serve us. Not in that heavy Scorpio-Pluto way, but instead in a a way that is associated with non-attachment and the cultivation of presence. It's really a kind of gentle and powerful energy. So because we have now Mercury in the sign of Pisces, this is a wonderful time for paying attention to your thoughts. And as often as possible, as much as possible, aligning yourself with the thoughts that serve you, the thoughts that reflect who you are and who you intend to be. On the negative, Mercury and Pisces can be a little bit, a little bit of a confusing turnaround time. It can be a little bit of a time where communication isn't super straightforward. So if you feel a need to double check a thing, double check a thing. If people seem a little floopy to you, try not to take it personal. Mercury's and Pisces. Shit happens. Now on the 16th, we have an exact sun sextile to Pluto. Let me take a moment first to talk about sextiles, because this week is just sextile, sextile, sextile sextiles have the word sex in them. Does that mean they're sexy? Maybe. I don't want to take it away from you if you feel like they are. A sextile is a 60 degree angle between two or more planets, and it is a creative spark of energy. It's dynamic and it's flowy. It's a positive energy. The official term for it is it's a benefic aspect, right? When we talk about sextiles, this kind of like lovely burst of energy exchange between planets. What we're talking about is the potential for forward motion for creative advancement. And that's a wonderful thing. Unless the thing that moves forward is something that was not serving you something that is part of a long term campaign for dimming your light or keeping yourself small or staying in shitty relationships. You see what I'm saying? So while I would love to tell you that all difficult transits are bad and all easy transits are good, it's just not how humans work, you know? Sometimes these lovely transits like by sextile or by trying the two easy on the eyes kind of transits, sometimes they are dynamic and wonderful and just a breath of fresh air. And then sometimes they hasten along some negative dynamic and kind of help push things past a tipping point. So, you know, I just want to say about sextiles and squares and all the aspects to not get too hung up on if it's good or if it's bad, but instead really align yourself with the energy and be intentional about the energy so you can make the most of your life, whatever it is. Lemons? Lemonade. So anyways, coming back to sun, sextile to Pluto. The Sun's Exile to Pluto is a lovely transit. Of course, the Sun is in Pisces. Pluto is in Capricorn. This can be a time where you look at the structures of your life and breathe a little empathy, a little compassion into them. This can be a time when you really feel into what you need. The lovely thing about this transit is it can support you in accessing what is true for you, especially the stuff that is Plutonian, a.k.a. that you have some sort of shame around, that you feel really big, intense feelings about. Wherever we find Pluto and whenever transits occur, you know, involving Pluto, there's always a theme of intensity. And when the sun forms a sextile to Pluto, it's kind of like we can access that intensity with... More adaptability or greater grace, and who doesn't need that amongst us? So the Sun sextile to Pluto is a great time for doing research, uh, doing spiritual work, and just generally transforming what needs to go. As sextile is not necessarily the moment where you, I'm going to point you towards like do something new, start something today. Although if you already are planning on starting something, very auspicious, very lovely. So the key here is to activate and actualize energy to the best of your ability that is not just practical, that is not just about achieving or maintaining power, but that reflects who and what you are and is filled up with empathy and kindness, dare I say, humanity. Okay, on the 17th, we have another sextile. Mars is forming a sextile to Chiron. Yeah, I'm talking about Chiron. I do that now and again. So Mars sextile to Chiron can be really powerful for working through any number of issues, including, but not limited to, your body, your sweet, sweet meat suit, how you feel about your body, how you've been treating your body. Because Chiron is called the wounded healer, Chiron is associated with things that are chronically difficult for us. They are kind of pain points that depending on where you're at in your evolution, they may not actually create active pain for you, but it's, you know, a little bit of a tender spot, or it can be a straight up difficult point, right? So Mars sextile to Chiron can mobilize our relationship to that pain point. That is how healing occurs, right? It's when we move forward. It's when we acknowledge our pain and we engage with it. Again, when we engage with it, with the strength that we need in order to see ourselves and embrace ourselves and choose ourselves. Mars sextile to Chiron may trigger themes around dealing with authority figures, accessing your sexuality or your sex drive. Mars is about urgency and passion and ambition. There is a potential here to get more embodied and that's really exciting. But similar to Pluto, whenever Chiron is involved, It's not like a fast pass past all of your uh, difficulties. It's a way in that you can tolerate, that you can actually uh, find yourself navigating with some amount of grace or authority in your own self, in your own life. Ultimately, Mars Sextile to Chiron is an invitation to check in with your body. And whether that's around your physical health, whether that's around your sexuality, is individual to you. But It's a wonderful time to tend to yourself, whatever that means. And that brings us to the final transit of the week. It's a quickie. On the 18th, we have a Venus sextile to Pluto. This transit is wonderful. It is a transit that can be really exciting for, you know, your ability to make stuff, beautiful things. Uh, It might heighten your appreciation in beautiful things. This is a fun time for shopping. If you're in the market for clothes, for makeup, for fun stuff like that, Venus sextile to Pluto is a great time for getting things that make you feel cute, for getting things that are fun to play with. Venus sextile to Pluto is also a fun time for flirting and hooking up. So if you can get some COVID safely, please do get some this is a transit that is just it just increases uh, romantic intensity, social intensity, not in a heavy-handed way, but in a really fun and dynamic way. So this is these are two planets I love to see forming a sextile to each other. The only kind of downsides I would expect to see if we're gonna see a downside of this one is if you have a spending problem, if you just try to buy happy all the live long day and you're spending money you you really shouldn't be spending, this could exacerbate that. Uh, Similarly, if you only know how to socialize or flirt by getting inebriated, this can kind of, you know, fuck that up a little bit for you, aka find you getting really inebriated as a way to be likable or liking other people. Both things, you know, they're not awesome. They're not the greatest Maybe they're not the worst, but they're not the greatest. So the Venus sextile to Pluto, yeah, sure, there's a couple of downsides you want to be aware of, but for the most part, it is a fucking lovely transit. And my darlings, my dears, that is it astrologically for this week. If you're finding that I've given you this sextile-heavy horoscope and you're still kind of having a heavy time again, tend to your insights, nurture your psychology. That's the name of the game right now. Because as you know, that Saturn-Uranus square is just, it's just, it's like a buzzing, you know, it's like a buzzing that won't go away. It's like that fire alarm sound. I don't know if you've ever had, I mean, come on, you must've had this experience where there's like a, a beeping somewhere in the fucking house and you don't know where it is. You know, it's one of the fire alarms. You don't know where it's coming from. That's the Saturn square to Uranus. It's this Beeping—it's erratic, it's distracting, it's upsetting your whole jam, and also it's ongoing. There's kind of not a lot you can do. I mean, you can keep on searching for it and figuring out how to fix a problem. I encourage you to, but it's—but it's happening. But it's happening. That's that Saturn Uranus square. So you know, week after week, day after day, hour after hour. If you're like, "Why are things so hard?" I don't know. Why don't you blame Saturn Uranus? You can blame anything you like. I don't want to take away from you your ability to blame all manner of things. But blame Saturn and Uranus. That's fun. Okay. You know, a lot of weeks at the end of the episode, I'll be like, hey, give me reviews. Hey, you know, go, go buy my book. Go do this. Vote. Whatever it is I like to say. But you know what? This time I just want to, I want to encourage you to find some damn silence. I don't care if it's five minutes, if it's five hours, if you are lucky enough to take five days. But find a little bit of silence. Sit with yourself who are you? Where are you at? What's going on? Can you embrace that? Can you sit with yourself? I want to invite you to sit with yourself this week. Be nice to yourself. Because really, the friendship that you have with yourself is so foundational to all of your relationships. Be, be a buddy, you know? Be a good friend to yourself this week. Every year they say the end is near. But we're still here. Yeah, we're still here.